Welcome to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength. That Farm Life is a production of Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. We talk about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between. Because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now here's your host, Stan Norman. Hello and welcome to That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Stan Norman. I serve as the host of this wonderful ministry. And today we have two guests joining us, uh, a family that I got to know uh, through a period of time of service in a local church. And I'm delighted to have Rainey and Tyler Nutt with us today. And I want to talk a little bit about what they're doing in farming. But before we do, I want to give them the opportunity to tell us a little bit about your farm and your family and how that all plays out. So, Rainey, you are the patriarch here. We'll let you tell us about <laughs> your farming and how you got into it. Well, I grew up uh, wandering the fields on our family farm back in the 60s and 70s. And I guess the earth was calling calling uh, for me to stay there. And since I was... Uh, uh, big enough to walk and follow my dad around the fields. I just knew that that was my calling. And yeah, that that's what I wanted to do, and uh, never really thought about much else. And um, so I continued to work on the farm as a child, and and growing up there, and went to college, got a degree. My parents insisted that I do that. Yeah, and um, at A State, an agri business and economics, and um, just uh, continued on, and I love it, and. Uh, it's been hard at times, and there's times I'm thinking, why am I doing this? But uh, I still feel that calling, and I, I love working the soil and plants and, and the weather, and sometimes that's not fun, but I deal with it, yeah. and uh, I just love everything about it and raise my family there. Well, I love hearing you describe farming as a calling. Uh, oftentimes, as I, as I have interacted with the farming community, both on this podcast and apart from it, a lot of farmers describe it as a burden more than a calling. Or, or something they got into and they just don't feel like they can get out. But you you feel that the Lord has led you into this as a vocation and ministry as much as a job. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, very much so. And uh, as being a Christian, that's very important to me. And I let that guide me in my day-to-day decisions. Um, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. Sure. But at the same time, I understand that the creation belongs to the Lord. And uh, I have a duty to be a good steward of that, not just of the farm, but my life, my family, and the community that I serve in. So you were raised on a farm. Uh, have siblings that also were participating in this with you? Um, my brother is uh, not involved in the farming. It wasn't fast enough paced lifestyle for him. Yeah. So he is a, a, a stockbroker oh, wow. in, uh, in Memphis. But he grew and up with you on the farm. He did grow up, okay. yes. yes. Okay. But when he got out of college, he, he left and pursued other business interests. But yes. now you are becoming more and more like your father, and you're yes. raising your family in farming, and your son yes. is here with you today. Tyler, we're glad to have you here today. Welcome. Thanks, mm-hmm. Thank you. And so uh, you are following in your father's footsteps on the farm. I am. I am. And uh, growing up, he didn't really kind of force me or lead me down this path. I just kind of... I've hung around him a lot growing up. I enjoyed being on the farm. I'd hop in the truck with him when I was little. We'd go shut power units down in the middle of the night. I don't know. I've just always been around it. 
and always enjoyed it, but it really didn't know if that was my calling. Uh, till I got into college, I tried, tried a couple of different introductory courses to engineering, biology, nothing just really seemed to click. And uh, by then, uh, I'd quit playing ball, and I was working on the farm in the afternoons after my, you know, gen ed classes, and just just something just kept felt like I was getting pulled back to it. It was pulling me back, pulling me back. And, and, uh, I got back in the ag department and I just loved it. And, uh, the finance and then the agronomy, uh, and I just start felt, felt led back to the farm. And, uh, that was there welcomed me back with open arms and we grabbed the bull by the horns and, uh, never looked back. So, so you have some siblings too, correct? I do I have a younger sister. Is she you know, working on the farm with you? Or she she does. She helps us keep some records. Okay. And, uh, and uh, she just recently moved back with her husband from, uh, he works for deer and okay. they recently moved back, uh, back south two years ago. Yes. Yeah. About two now they were ago. in Iowa last I heard, mm-hmm. but they're back down this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. But you're happy about that. He works mm-hmm. remotely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deer. Mm-hmm. He's an engineer. Wow. Uh, John Deere working remotely. Mm-hmm. You never would have thought those two would come together, but here we are. That's the world we live in. That's right. So your father talked about feeling a calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that happen to you or happen for you? Yeah, I guess through a series of doors, it kind of started to become close to me. And then I started feeling a pull back. Like it was, and it started feeling more right the more involved I became and uh, just grew every day with something new. I uh, started feeling that. Uh, that calling to be there, to be on site, to be involved in more ways than one. And mm. uh, I think that's kind of what pulled me back. So, so how long have you two officially been working together as sharing the responsibilities? I'm assuming there's shared responsibilities on the farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so 2013, I guess, was my first year to actually have some of my land myself to farm and uh, really to dive head first into it. And also in addition to what dad was already doing. And uh, so I guess it's been 10 years now. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to interject a little controversy here and ask, who's the better farmer? Oh, there's no comparison. <laughs> <laughs> there's no comparison. No, it's to, you or no, there's no comparison to your dad. Okay. <laughs> he's got the gray hair to show, show for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's paid his dues. He's paid he? his dues. Yes, he has. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this because what I want to explore today is passing on the farm from one generation in the family to another one. And I'm assuming that it's not completely done, but I'm assuming that's part of the plan. Mm -hmm. So when you first started working together, what was that relationship like? And what were some of the challenges that maybe you guys had to work through early on? Well, for me, uh, it was allowing him to um, absorb by watching and doing and letting him make some decisions lightly at first and then more so each and every year. And how easy was that for you to to kind of start giving him and feed him well, some decisions? It was really easy for me. Okay. Personally, because he did have uh, some experience working on the farm and then he had an education, a extremely good education yeah. to go with that and he had uh, the work ethic. Now you both have bachelor's degrees, bachelor mm-hmm. of science. Uh, yes, uh, and, ag, economics, and finance, and then uh, I've also got a master's degree in business administration. Okay, so, and mm-hmm. and you're have a bachelor of science in in business ag business economics. Okay, so I'm okay. the economics guy. Okay, uh, he's more organizational and um, 
more logical than I am. <laughs> so when Probably. you guys started doing this officially and formally, were the lines of responsibilities as clearly laid out as what I'm kind of hearing you describe now? Um, he relies on my experience and know-how from times past. I, uh, I trust him completely to run the operation if I'm not there. Okay. He can handle it. Yeah. Uh, he can handle the burden. Um, there's, there's probably sometimes he second guesses himself that he'll call me and say, Hey, you know, I, I think we ought to do this. I'm not sure. And so I'm, I'm good with that. And, and, you know, and I think of a father son relationship, the father has to learn how to re- let go of the reins. Yeah. And except, you know, he's going to make some bad decisions and mistakes, and we all do. And I should allow him to do that and have that because he's the one that's going to have to carry that on for the next till he retires. Right. And there's no, you know, there's no better lesson learned than a mistake. That's right. And we all know that. Right. And um, you, those those are lifelong mistakes that stay with you and they haunt you. And and you know, some mistakes are good, and it disciplines you. Yeah. And uh, you have to take that with you. And uh, you know, be I'm conservative in my approach and very cautious. Uh, and he was, of course, being young, more aggressive, and it came at a really good time in the farm economy where we were able to capitalize on some expansion that if it hadn't been for him, it wouldn't have happened for me. Hmm. And I got to partake in that. But I knew it was him, through him, that I got to do that. So I want to go back to when things were first getting started, and you started uh, handing decisions to him. Mm-hmm. What were some of those initial decisions that you handed him and you thought, okay, I'm going to give him this and see what he does with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it dealing with the financial side of this? Was it operational side of this? Was it uh, just daily management side? What were you thinking that would be a good place for him to start? Operational. Okay. Uh, operational and, and planning. Um, he's organized, and uh, he got that from his mother, not me. She, <laughs> would, she would tell you that. But uh, I'm the marketing guy. Okay. But um, – uh, I watch the markets and and do that mostly that side. But as far as a uh, rotational, operational, uh, in a day to day field operations, he's he's good at that, and I let him do that. So you started feeding him that exactly. Okay, yes. so ten years now, thinking back to when you were first officially coming on board mm-hmm. as a professional in the family business. Yes, what were you thinking? What were your thoughts or? Your aspirations as you were getting into this, did you think, okay, I'm a recent college graduate, I've got my undergrad, I'm mm. finished my master's of business administration, right. uh, I'm going to go in and show him how to get it done, and he's no. going to oh, – no. no. No, no, it really wasn't. Uh, so really a lot of people, uh, peers I have, I guess, grew up in the farm, uh, out there every day. Uh, I played a lot of sports back in the day, and – my life was consumed with that, as a lot of young teenage boys are. And uh, anyway, so I was kind of still uh, green around the edges, uh, kind of in the operational side of it and uh, the financial aspects of it. And so there was a lot of it. I was trying to be a sponge, watch him, since I kind of decided when I got out of college, okay, I think this is what I want to do. I'm going to try to pick up on everything he's doing and try to sock that back in my memory and kind of you know, and learn from that. So I tried to approach it humbly, you know, and I had a few ideas along the way, but at the same time, I I knew dad had been successful all these years and watching him and uh, his conservative approach and it was, and it worked. And so, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't come in there ramrod and want to call the shots. That sure. just wasn't me. And, uh, 
because I think I was a little bit green starting out and I still am to some degree. I'm just constantly like, you never stop learning this stuff. And he's just got endless wisdom and been through every situation seemingly and, uh, has somehow can reason through and approach each different scenario. And, uh, that was key for me starting out. How long had you been farming when Tyler came on board? All my life. (laughs) And he had that. He was from like what I was talking about from, he could, the time he could walk, dad was on the farm with his dad, right. following him around. And he didn't, I mean, he played sports in, up through junior high, but after that, you read up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just consumed mm-hmm. with it. And that's, and I didn't have that kind of precursor to my career to, to absorb things. And so I think he, he was just been a student of it for so long. And so I, and I, and I recognized that. And so I knew. So going into this, what was, if you can remember, what was something that surprised you that you, saw your father doing after you got on the inside that you didn't know or you learned quickly from him and you thought, wow, that's a nugget there. I want to take that with me. Um, Just his ability to delegate, which I'm not very good at, his ability to delegate simple tasks. And I had never really thought about that from as, you know, kind of being a young greenhorn a little bit and his ability to step back and focus on, uh, something that he's more capable of rather than somebody else that, on the farm and uh, to get delegate some of those activities where he can apply his focus elsewhere. So uh, that was impressive to okay. do that. Mm-hmm. So you bring your son on. Did you have any areas of concern or maybe, maybe putting it this way? Okay. He's coming on board. This is something that I've noticed up to this point. I'm going to have to focus on helping him with this. Accepting uh, the pressure and the strain of uh, unknown events, the the pressure of that, the yeah. the burdens that others have mentioned, yeah. uh, how you deal with a uh, storm event, yeah. uh, a marketing event in the world that causes prices to collapse that day or throughout the week, or uh, preparing him mentally to deal with those things, yeah, and not beating yourself up. Because there's so many things going on in the world that we all know it affects everyone and yeah. you can't control and That's you right. have to accept that. And, uh, you know, agriculture is, and farming specific, when you are commodity based, those commodities are traded as long as the markets are open, the Chicago Board of Trade, each and every day except holidays. So any kind of world of event affects the price of oil. We all know that because that affects us all. Well, it also affects our grain prices, our yes. commodities, yes. the corn, the rice, the soybeans. And, you know, and uh, we've had days where the markets went down and it cost our individual farm $100,000 in that one few hour period that that market is open when it goes down, it plummets for whatever reason, a USDA report or whatever. And, and dealing with that mentally is, I'm telling you, it's a blow. Yeah. Because when you see your gross income go down, and you have to make a some, some kind of amends for that yeah. in your operation, and it will eat you up. Yeah, uh, you have to kind of have a, a, a wall built around you to deal with those things. You got to be mentally tough. You have to be mentally tough, and it's not for the faint of heart. And um, you know, my concern was him the ability to handle that pressure and not let it you know destroy his life. Yeah, and that, that's for any farmer, and also as a father. As a father, yeah, definitely, and your it affects your family. Yeah, wow. So, any lessons from being an athlete that prepared you for the mental challenges of farming? I think just the discipline and the staying humble was huge for me. I mean, I, we had a lot of success, success, uh, you know, growing up playing ball, and 
but you also figured out how to prepare for those setbacks. And uh, I think that's been really uh, part of my career growing up is, yeah, you, you enjoy the successes, but you also know in the back of your mind, there will come a setback at some point and you, and you got them and you prepare for, and you must prepare for that because you know, they're coming. Yeah. What kind and, of sports did you play? Uh, I played basketball and baseball. Okay. Mm-hmm. So about the discipline and then the, you know, just being humble. I yeah. think that was huge. So. so moving forward, here we are today, 10 days after uh, the partnership began. Uh, without going in too much detail here, what have been some of the challenges between the two of you or for the two of you as you have moved into this shared farming experience? Challenges. Hmm. I really can't think of anything that really sticks out other than the fact that I'm getting older. I can't do what I used to could do 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Right. Physically. Right. Uh, and he probably expects me to step up more physically a lot of times. And I'm, I'm holding Are back because I'm thinking, you, I don't feel you as good. Dad, you're dogging it? Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes, you know, I get to play. I'm like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> you know, sometimes i got to let him go home for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he wants to keep that, me out till midnight. Up, so when, when there is a tough decision that needs to be made, mm. and you may not be seeing eye to eye on the decision here that you think A and he's thinking B, and, and you both are pretty strong in your opinions here, somebody's going to have to have the final say. A decision's got to be made. How do you make that decision? That It gets awarded to the patriarch. He gets to oh, make that call. Okay. You've, <laughs> well, you've earned the right. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the default guy, That's I guess. That's right. What's yeah. um, a respect know, thing, uh, I think? Uh, uh, well, we have a good relationship as a father son. So, yeah. uh, of course, it's not perfect, but we have very little disagreements. We just, I, I accept who he is and he accepts who I am. Uh, we both have an education. We can make good, solid decisions and we trust one another. I bet that's huge. That, it that is right huge. There. And, um, you know, I don't have to worry about him getting a job done. He, he may not do it to my, Specifications, but it's going to get done. Yeah, and so I trust that. Yeah, uh, and it's like an you know employer employee relationship. If you have hire a guy that you trust, you know he may not do it exactly like you want it done, but he gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And, and you know any organization, you know this, you have to trust people to do their job. That's right. And um, we just have a very good relationship, and uh, you know, and we let the Lord lead us. In uh, these decisions, and we make boneheaded ones, but um, we, like you said, remaining humble, yeah, is a big part of that. And uh, uh, you know, and I, I follow my dad, and so, and my dad and I bad, butted heads quite a bit on these these things, and uh, because I wanted to step out and do things that he was not, he was very conservative. I'm conservative, but he was very, very conservative, and he didn't want to change. Hmm. And uh, I had to prove it to him on paper before we could even attempt it. Yeah, uh, I've not been that way with him on purpose because yeah. uh, I felt like he had been trained well and had the education, and had some very, very good teachers and, and, and professors in college, and uh, and I knew several of them, and. Um, he had the work ethic, and so. So when know. he was in junior high, maybe early high school, did you envision that he would join you, or did you want him to? Or no, I did not want him to. Really? He had very, very good academics. He could have done anything he wanted to do. Um, 
and he knew that. So you didn't want him to? I, not really, no. I, I did not envision him farming with me. I okay. never. I was in a comfortable place. Uh, I would be retired. Yeah, he's, he's a, yeah you, you disrupted <laughs> yeah. the comfort here. Exactly. Start all over again here. I probably would have retired several years ago uh, if it wasn't for him. But yeah. I love what I do, and uh, it gave me a second wind. So when did it dawn on you? that he was headed your way and what what did that do to your heart when he switched over to uh, the ag department at asu um did he come tell you i'm thinking i want to join you or did it just kind of evolve yeah it it just kind of happened and um i was thought man we'll see you know but as he became more involved and i could tell he had a thirst for it yeah and um and by the way he worked, and he was coming up with ideas, and he couldn't wait to get started. And I thought, well, he has enthusiasm. Yeah. And uh, he 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 feels that soil calling him in the springtime in March. Mm. If you don't have that, oh yeah. You know, there's a there was a congressman in Texas uh, named Kickley D. Gar- Garcia back in the eighties. Okay. And he says, if you go out and the soil doesn't call you to it, and your heart doesn't start pounding in your chest when you smell fresh turned soil you don't need to farm yeah and you have no business in agriculture and and he had that calling and i saw that and that's when i knew and i said well you know now we can carry on and uh that's i got excited good because i had a partner yeah because i'd been making decisions for several years by myself my dad was no longer in the picture and didn't want any part of it he was retired he retired early and um you know and i I'd always wanted to be a professional farmer. When I was in high school, I determined in my own mind, I want to be a professional at this. Sure. I don't want to just be just a farmer. Sure. I want to be a professional. I want to be a good businessman. Yeah. And um, I wanted to be good at what I did personally. I yeah. wanted to be my individual best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that was what was on my plate. And I, I saw real quick that's what he wanted on his. So you're coming in. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to feed opportunities for you and allowing you some uh, latitude for decisions. And mm-hmm. you're looking in, and you're just fresh out of college, and mm-hmm. you've got all the enthusiasm and all the aspirations and idealism. And you start looking around thinking, okay, well, we could do this a little differently. We might do that a little differently, and maybe we can improve on this. What What were some of those initial things that you saw that you might want to suggest a different way of doing it? And how did you go about approaching Dad about it? Uh, I will, I don't know that there was a lot of things that I wanted to change he was doing, but also I will, I will say that I learned a little bit from kind of that scenario. Like I would want to, so when we did expand a little bit, um, uh, I would have the sudden urge to go do a certain project offsite and, uh, to some, maybe some place where the majority of the equipment wasn't working. Like I would feel like there was a little project that had to be done right then. And, uh, Anyway, we, I could feel a little bit of a wedge there because he, he would stress, well, we're already here. We need to stay here, stay focused, finish where we're at. And uh, it took me a while to kind of acknowledge that and realize the importance of that, of finish staying in one spot and uh, rather than be getting spread out. And that really uh, kind of changed my outlook on our logistics and how we farm, how we farm. A lot of our – the way we farm is we've got big satellite blocks of land and uh, it really, I think, streamlined our process of how we put a crop in, focusing on one thing at a time rather than me wanting to chase a little 
uh, glaring project that I wanted to do at a certain time. So I'll say that it kind of, I kind of changed my perspective a little bit on how to attack something okay. like that. So, but other than that, I mean, I, what he did worked. He had a rhythm. He had, he'd have a rhythm and a routine and, and certain methods for certain projects that worked. And I picked up on that. And sometimes I'd want to change them, and then I realized, well, maybe that's not something I need to change. <laughs> Just stay with the stay with the process. So, so Rainy, how has Tyler made you a better farmer? Um. And get ready because I'm going to ask you the same question back at you. So, vigor, uh, which comes with youth. Yeah. Uh, living for this beyond myself and uh, for the future. Yeah. Uh, just um, renewed emphasis on something that I was getting uh, bored with. Okay. Uh, I felt like that, you know, there was nothing else new for me. Yeah. Um, of course, the Lord has a way of throwing curveballs and changing up things for you. Oh, you yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> unexpected, and you have to deal with that, and that's just part of maturity. Yeah. And uh, and learning to work with my son, who is uh, well enough to do anything himself, and being humble myself as a father – to learn and, from your son. To learn from him and wow. to appreciate his ability to do things that, you know what, maybe we do need to do that because the way I've always done it, I'm tired and, and bored with it anyway. Yeah. Okay. So how's your father made you a better farmer? Oh, the wisdom aspect. It's the wisdom and the uh, – you can't replace that. I mean, that can't be taught, you know, uh, and just trying to – I wish I had a book. I, I could have taken down the notes, all the little the quips and the one-liners or the, you know, just the little tidbits along the way. And uh, and it's not that I've got a uh, lack of the book. You know, I, I it, it's tough because, like, you know that he's been there and you can rely on those situations he's been through. He's been experienced it in some way, form or fashion, and know how to make those those calls and those odd situations or scenarios. That, man, that – that pays off big dividends. Your book has a heart and a head, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. So how does farming together, how does that shape family life? you ever get tired of each other, or is it just <laughs> you, oh, boy, maybe, okay. So how does, how does it impact your father-son relationship and then your extended family, siblings, children, grandchildren? I mean, there's there's never any adversarial, I think, between us. It's just, yeah, there just comes a point we've been together too much, and anybody can be together too much, you know. But, I mean, that's the thing. We get to we, – we go home every night on good terms, and there's no shouting matches. I mean, it's just we love each other. We respect each other. Uh, you know, we just – we're going to sign out. He, You know, we pretty much follow each other home every night, and he signs out on the radio, and I do too. And then we just – we're going to start it again the next day. and I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't guess there's any any negativity to it, and keeping it that way. And I think just knowing that it, in the end, we have to have our love for each other, and our love for Christ, mm -hmm. and staying grounded in that, and knowing that we can leave everything that happened on the farm, we can leave it in the rearview mirror on the way home every day, and uh, you know, it will sort itself out some way, form or fashion, and we can still love each other at the end of the day. That's what's huge. 
Rainey. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were asking earlier about the relationship, and I treat it not so much as a father-son relationship, but one as brothers. Okay. Um, brothers in Christ, yeah. number one. Um, and, and we have that benefit of knowing about the kingdom and yeah. what the son has done a for shared us. Faith, yeah. uh, shared faith. And I'm telling you, if, if you don't have that, man, the odds are against you. So I'm sure when he came in, it was the son, but somewhere along the way, and I don't know if you remember or not, it may have begun to shift from being, he's my son to he's my partner, he's my brother in this. When, mm-hmm. Do you remember when that happened or what? what or did it just no, kind of happen? It just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, I was thankful to have a partner, someone yeah. we could bounce ideas between one another. Yeah. And uh, man, that, you can't put a price tag on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, you know, because this is a, I'm, I'm fourth generation. He's fifth. Hmm. So we've got the legacy there. And and my parents were still involved uh, on a daily basis just from an interest point of view. Uh, they weren't out there, but they were constantly asking Tyler or myself when we go visit, you know, if we get a chance to pop in there and check on them during the day. Well, what are y'all doing? What's going on here? You know, uh, are y'all planting yet? Or what, how much rain did you get? Or have you started harvesting corn yet or whatever? And so we had that family legacy, and you just build on that. It just kind of happens, and it's not a plan. It just, you know, it just kind of falls in place. And, and uh, you know, um, I really – I don't know what else I can say about that. Sure. It just, sure. you know, just like I said, it happens. So you mentioned fourth, fifth generation. Is there any aspirations for a sixth? Yeah, my, my little boy, <laughs> he uh, – He's he enjoys being out there with us. That's uh, he's four, and so we got a long way to go. But I, I'll kind of take the same approach Dad did. I'm not going to pressure him into it. Sure. You know, if that's God's will that he ends up out there knocking heads with us, that's great. You know, it'll be a blast. But we got a lot of time between now and then. But uh, you know, I, the no pressure deal and uh, the insistence on maintaining that legacy, I think that could potentially push kids farm kids the wrong way mm-hmm. uh that that pressure could mount on them to yeah. try to uphold that yeah and to me it's i mean it's it's important to me now looking back i'm like man i'm glad i i got called into this and uh but you know i, I won't i'm not going to stress that to my little boy I just if it if it happens great if not you know so be it so put you on the spot here patriarch you uh when do you envision the baton completely being passed from your hand on. You don't have to give a firm date, or, <laughs> but I'm, well, I'm sure. He has told that, me I can't quit. Yeah, I'm not letting him. You hired back that. as a consultant. <laughs> it's a there consultant. Yeah, there you go. I'm afraid he couldn't afraid uh, afford uh, my rates. Afford that. You know, as long as I'm physically able, yeah. and uh, I do have a little bit of physical Still a bit of vigor going on there. Uh, yeah, that, and, and then I have concern, health concerns I have to deal with a little bit. And uh, But I think the, the best option there is to keep going, pushing forward, and yeah. stay involved with him and the community any way I can. And, you know, I'm just going to push hard till I guess, I fall over. So is it fair for me to conclude that both of you would highly endorse a legacy family farm? Seems to work for y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but has it benefited your family? 
Definitely. Make you stronger oh, as a family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, our spouses uh, have been supportive, and, and the family, it takes a toll on the family sometimes, the stress. Big time. And especially during spring and fall, during planting and harvest. But it's a shared stress, isn't it? It's a shared stress, and, you know, they wonder why you're out at 10 o'clock at night and not home at 5 or 6 in the afternoon when everybody else is. 99% of the public is. Um and you, you know, farming is a step by step, day by day investment, and you're only going to the product that you put out is only as good as that day of good work that you do. It accumulates, and you can't just take. Well, I'm going to take two or three days off. You can't do that if it's right. in the middle of planting or in the middle of harvest. You, you, you've blown out your potential profits if you mess up those two or three days, and you're not there to oversee what's happened. And so, and a lot of times everybody else is going to the lake or going on vacation. Or you can't. Uh, it's seasonal. It's a seasonal job, and and it depends on how good that start of that season is. And you're, you know, throughout the season you have to maintain. The, it's a calling. It is. Yeah. It is. Wow. Guys, thank you. I'm hoping that our conversation today has been encouragement to maybe some farmers out there who are wondering about the legacy of their farming and their family and. I think both of you are modeling that farming can help build family. Farming can draw family closer together. You guys are a great example to all of us. Thank you for doing that. Thanks for Thank you us. for your humility, for your teachability, for your wisdom, and for your openness to eventually the baton being passed. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on that Farm Life Podcast. We are delighted you've chosen to listen to us. We hope you've been encouraged, and we hope that you are a regular listener. If you get a chance to share this, maybe you know of a farming family that needs to hear what we talked about today, feel free to download the podcast and share it. The more listeners we have, the better off our message is. This is a farm podcast that is devoted to helping the ag community. We understand there are challenges in this community. As we like to say, it's okay to not be okay. We just want to help you not stay that way. And we hope that you've been encouraged today. And remember, keep the faith and keep farming. You've been listening to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Stan Norman. That Farm Life is a creation of AgriHealth Network and is produced by Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. AgriHealth Network exists to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about AgriHealth Network at agrihealth.net and more about Williams at williamsbu.edu. That Farm Life is produced and edited by Mike Dixon. Chris Grady and Brett Cooper serve as executive producers, and Elizabeth Ring is our production assistant. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep farming and keep the faith.